Oh, hey everyone. I'm the comic book hunter, also known as just Hunter. And hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And welcome to a Hero Story episode 27. On a Hero Story, we usually start with the news. I literally just told you this. You just told me. Ah, okay. (laughs) Episode 26. Uh, On a Hero Story, for those of you just joining us, we usually talk about the news of the week, then we go to comics and character of the week. This week, uh, we're doing it slightly differently. Uh, For those who don't know, Stanley, he did pass away this past week, the father of all Marvel. So we're going to talk about him for a bit, then we're going to go to the comics of the week since Stan would want us to talk about comics. And then after that, we're doing our character of the week, which is going to be Stanley. We're going to talk about like a lot of what we loved about Stanley, but we're just going to talk about what happened this past week for the start of the episode. So yeah, uh, Stanley passed away, unfortunately, at 95 years old. He was rushed to the <laughs> hospital and he didn't make it. He lived a long life. 95 years old is nothing to sneeze at. That's a, that's a very long life, a very full life, a very, you know, happy life, a prosperous life. He was, you know, a great man. He contributed so much and, uh, you know, just he, he was just a great guy. And his death was mourned by so many. I mean, I couldn't go on social media without, you know, I went down Instagram and 20 Stan Lee posts in a row. You know, you go on YouTube and you'd see like uh, dedication videos. I mean, even even DC Comics posted like, you know. In memory of Stan Lee, so uh, not just it, DC, it, it, but like Image Comics and Thunderbolt Comics. Yeah, like, and like, yeah, yeah. Like every comic you know publisher posted. Like he wasn't just like a Marvel guy; he was you know a comic book guy, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he, he was like such a pop culture icon over the years. And I, I think a lot of people remember him like more for you know like the cameos and the appearances and like different tv shows and all that stuff but like you know he was this he was a comic book icon i mean the co-creator of so many characters i mean you know almost everything that you know we love about marvel you know came out of this man's mind or co came out of this man's mind so uh you know he was just a great man overall and uh it was of course very sad to see him pass away i mean we knew this day would inevitably come i mean he was no you know he, he was getting older but uh it's still just it, it shook everyone yeah definitely like we did kind of knew it was coming but it still shocked me when i read the news at first i had someone text me and i was so shocked when that happened i quickly googled it and so it was true um i was in class when it happened i actually had to leave class for a bit just to process this because stanley like he was my hero in a way. He was the reason I started getting into comics. I started seeing his cameos, and I'm like, I want to I wanna be like him. And I watch interviews every night back when I was, like, 10 years ago. And he would talk about how there's nothing better than, like, holding a comic in your hand or finished writing a story and seeing people laugh about it or smile or get all excited for it. I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be like Stan Lee. So he was a hero to me, and, and I got to meet him twice, actually. Uh, at my local comic cons that I go to, uh, I saw him about five years ago and three years ago. So he's kind of icon just for everyone in the world and for especially me because you know I I grew up wanting to be like him. So it's really sad that he went away, but you know we should look at we shouldn't be sad that he's gone, but be happy over the life he lived. He didn't die young; he had a full successful life, and he's with his wife now. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I never got to meet him. I never, I've never been to like a Comic Con or anything like that. I, I wish, if, you know, if I could travel back in time, it would be, uh, you know, it'd be cool to meet Stan Lee, even for like just a quick picture, just you know, say I met Stan Lee. But, uh, you know, he, he's just like you said, he's just such a great man, and uh, he lived such a great life. And you're right, we we shouldn't be, you know, sad. I mean, obviously, we're gonna be some level of sad, but like, oh yeah, for sure. Be ha- be, be happy that he lived such a great life, and you know, 
that he made us all smile just a little bit, you know? Yeah, and we're going to keep smiling because of him. He still has cameos coming up in the next, like, four Marvel movies. Into yeah, the I already know, like, during Captain yeah. Marvel or Avengers 4, or, yeah, in, even into the Spider-Verse, there won't be a dry eye in the house when the Stan Lee cameo oh, yeah. comes on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. It, it's going to be emotional. And we all and, know those movies are going to end with, like, in memory of Stan Lee, Excelsior. Yeah, I'm, I'm already waiting for next week's comics. Uh, I don't even know if I'm reading anything from Marvel next week, but I'm already expecting, like, you know, the page, like, rest in peace, Stan Lee. Oh, yeah, I kind of... Felt like it was going to happen this week since he passed away on Monday. So I was wondering if they would be able to put it in somehow. But I guess yeah, I was thinking I, I was thinking it was already going to be too late just because uh, I feel like they already have him pretty much shipped by Monday. Yeah, true. But Most next week for sure, probably. But yeah, next week we'll definitely have them. And uh, yeah, it's just you know he he was uh, like a, a god in the comic you know industry. Uh, everybody knows Stan Lee. Like mm-hmm. if you know comics, you know Stan Lee. So. Uh, he meant a lot to a lot of people. Uh, he was a hero, you know, like a, like some, like you said, somebody you want to be. And uh, yeah, he just he lived a great life. He was super successful. His like he became successful for being himself and writing what he thought was right. His boss wanted him to just want uh, bleh, to just write fight scenes and fight scenes and fight scenes when he first started writing comics. And Stan was just like, you know what? I'm gonna ignore my boss for a sec. I'm gonna write a book about like character development and. And like family and actual drum dramatic issues that people can relate to, so he came up with a story called the Fantastic Four, and that sold so well that Stan went up and up and up for his ranks for comics. He he started creating more and more character uh, characters. Eventually, he came as Spider Man, and that just blew up. And then he went to Hollywood, and you know Stan had a really good life just from having this idea of. Let's just try to be creative. Let's try to be ourselves, and let's try to make characters that relate to people instead of just characters that like to punch. And the thing likes yeah. to punch, but he's also relatable for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, that's something that I love because if you read back into a lot of like Silver Age issues, you're just like, oh my god, like it's nothing but like, you know, no consequences, just action, and like you know, something that Stan Lee was proud of, and you know, him, Jack Kirby, you know, all those guys, Steve Ditko, they were big on you know like making uh comics have like more consequences and having more mm-hmm. relatable characters and like actual development instead of just you know a new adventure every week and i mean obviously they had a mix of both but like you know he helped move comics into what we know they are today yeah exactly it's cre- creative storytelling them, yeah marvel's arguably probably not even arguably but marvel's most successful superhero is spider-man oh and, not even arguably he is yeah <laughs> And Stan made that character. He wanted him to be a teenager because at the time there were no teenage superheroes. His boss was just like, what? Just sidekicks. Yeah, <laughs> teenagers are just sidekicks. They can't be superheroes. Stan was like, no, I'm going to make him a teenager and I'm going to give him a ton of personal problems. So he even jokes about that a lot at conventions. So he gave him a ton of problems yeah. and made it relatable for people. Like Peter Parker, he was bullied. He loved science. He loved, like, he was a nerd, but... He had money these powers. Issues. Yeah, money issues. And... and Stan, like, said, like, some of that was, like, relatable to him. Like, you know, not having money, not being able to get the girl. He, like, talked about, like, not being the prettiest guy. And I just, I love it. Like, every time I watch, you know, afterwards, because <laughs> everybody's posting the Stan Lee interviews, like, I smile so much. And it's just like, damn. Yeah, because all these you know, heroes he, he's are... He's just such a great guy. <laughs> all these heroes are, like, they're buff. They have blue eyes, dark hair. They're super powerful. And then he made this kind of skinny, teenage, brown-eyed boy. And it's just like, yep. This is a superhero. And yeah, it's awesome. And something that's something that Spider-Man was, you know, like one of the first full mask heroes. Like, uh, 
you know, he, uh, Stan talked about, you know, even though Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker was white, you know, anybody could picture themselves under that mask. You know, you, you didn't mm. see like Captain America, you could see his chin, Batman, you could see his chin, you know, but like with Spider-Man, it's left up to your imagination. So he talked about like, you know, if you were black or Indian or Hispanic, whatever, you could picture yourself as Spider-Man. And, you know, that's something that you got to love, especially at the time, because, you know, comics weren't like that back then. Yeah. Stan was really he really pushed for diversity. Like he made Falcon. I, I hate, I hate when people are like after he's dead, like calling him a racist and calling him a homophobe. And they're a only saying and... that because of the time he was born. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's just disgusting how people are trying to slander him after his death. I mean, honestly, it's disgusting. Like mm. the man lived such a great life, and he did so much for so many people. You know, he just to call him the, like to call him those names is just by cherry picking a little piece of an interview it's it's honestly disgusting to me. it's terrible like he really pushed for black panther to be on the shelves he made falcon he uh he made the x-men because he wanted if you're different you could still fit in and be powerful and be a hero like that was the whole point of x-men when they were first created diversity yeah so it really sucks that people are doing that they don't they're just saying that because of the time he was born which was like 1922 so uh. Yeah, yeah, they, they they group them in, but like it, it really is not like that, and you know it just I don't know it's disgusting. I can't even go on Twitter and look at like some of these posts. I'm just like I I really feel feel like ill because of it. You know he's just mm-hmm. let's just celebrate his life and celebrate so many of the great things he brought to us. You know if you're gonna yeah. post about him, post positive things. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what anything in life. You know, like let's try to stay positive. You know, especially when someone dies, we we often talk about the bad things, but like. Why don't we talk about the good things in their life and enjoy their life? And, yeah, you know, and he lived a great one. Celebrate their life. Yeah, I mean, po- if you're gonna post about him, post like a picture of him and be like, "This is my favorite Stanley moment. This is my favorite Stanley cameo. This is the reason I love Stanley." Don't post, and you can even post like, "Oh, rest in peace, Stanley," and say what you want to say. You just don't make it mean. <laughs> like it, it, it was, it was nice to see all the MCU actors and like, yep. and, and really a lot of actors in Hollywood who post pictures with him. So uh, many MCU know, actors: like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo. Like all those guys are posting, you know, their pictures with Stan Lee, and you could tell like how much you know he meant to some of these people. I mean, you know, they wouldn't have a job without Stan Lee, right? You know, he created yeah. some of these characters that they have a career around. Exactly. So it's really incredible to see that. And uh, actually, Brie Larson, who yeah, was, I was about to mention that. <laughs> was, was under a lot of hot water. She actually ended up deleting the picture, but she posted yeah. a picture of her with, with like a drink in her hand. And it was like, uh, like rest, rest in peace, Stan, you're a legend. But like, I don't know, a lot of people were like, you know, why are you posting a picture of yourself drinking, like, you know, talking about <laughs> Stan like that? Like, it was just like, it didn't look good. Like, even when I saw the post, I was like, ooh, not how it would have went. Yeah, but, it was like... Come on. There's just Come on, there's a better Marvel. way to go across it. But she ended up deleting the picture, I guess, from a lot of hot water. She turned off the comments and stuff. So uh, that was interesting to watch unfold. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the positive things at a hero story. Um, I, I really liked, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s message to Stan and Chris Evans' message to Stan. Tom Holland's was really well written. Yep. So it, it was nice. Actors, even actors not even, the MPC, not even in the MCU are posting about it. And it's nice to see, you know. It's nice. Yeah, the whole world. Like it's, it's, knows Stan. it's nice to see how much of an impact Stan had on so many people's lives, and you know, like we we think as comic book nerds, like wow, Stan had such an impact on our lives. But like even you know Hollywood celebrities, you know, Stan Lee meant a lot to them. Uh, Kevin Smith, for I example, say, I really yeah, I really Smith. liked his post about Stan Lee. Kevin has been posting about Stan Lee every single day. Stan. Yeah, yeah. Ke- Kevin and Stan were 
friends in a way. Kevin saw Stan a lot. His Stan yeah. cameoed in like three of his movies, so Yeah. Yeah. Um Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn and Venom, uh he posted a nice thing about Stan and just like a week ago he posted a thing of him and Stan recreating uh Stan Lee's cameo from Thor Ragnarok with the scissors. And uh <laughs> like it, it was crazy how they were just hanging out like a week ago and now Stan's gone and it was and it, it must have been so so sad to see him so soon before you know he passed on or maybe happy in a way you know just like he got to see him before the end yeah and i guess stan must have been looking healthy enough like stan was he's 95 he passed away but he was really healthy for his age oh yeah people that age in wheelchairs yeah he still went to conventions conventions for hours which is crazy and take pictures with everyone like it's crazy he went to crazy like really busy and loud movie premieres like walk the red carpet just with his little cane and (laughs) waving people like hey it's nice (laughs) that's actually not a bad stanley impression (laughs) thanks (laughs) but yeah um you know we're, we're just celebrating his life and you know uh, I posted about his Just Imagine the Flash. Uh, if you don't know, Stan Lee did like a few books of like Just Imagine and then insert a character here from DC. So I think he did the Green Lantern one, uh, the Flash. He did the Trinity. Uh, the Trinity, yeah. He did like a bunch of different characters and they were like, you know, way different from the, uh, obviously the original character. But it's interesting to read. I've, I've read the Flash one. I haven't read any. Uh, it's funny. Just like a week ago, I was thinking, because I saw it in my comic shop for like, I don't know, five bucks. And I was like, hmm, I should like pick that up. Like it's probably cool to have, and now now I'll definitely have to pick it up. Like oh yeah, you know definitely. <laughs> but like, you better pick it up soon because you know comic comic shops are they're just they're just gonna um uh, that price <coughs> gouge it. they're gonna pri- they're yeah. gonna price gouge sorry it, English un- I don't know English apparently it, yeah it, but <laughs> it's very it's very unfortunate that after somebody's death uh, price gouging occurs. I mean I know it's business I understand, as usual, but, but it, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, that's uh. uh we're going to talk more about Stanley later on in the show, so feel free to skip ahead. But the hero story is going to keep, going, to keep going. So Stan would want us to talk about the comics of the week. He's a comic guy. That's what he lived for, you know? He loved comic books, and so do we. So we're going to talk about the comics of the week. We're going to start with the Marvel comics. Then we're going to go to our DC comics, and then we're going to go to our character of the week, Stanley. And we're going to talk about like our, our, fav- our favorite cameos, pretty much. And a few more things about him. So, thank you, Stanley. Thank you for being amazing. Thanks for making us fans. I don't know if we if a hero story would even exist without you. It's true. And uh, with that, let's move on to the comics. Uh, we'll start fittingly with the Amazing Spider-Man number nine. Uh, in this issue, so where we took off from last issue, where every hero was being robbed by like that uh, red thief skilled syndicate yeah thieves guild uh everyone was being robbed we get like a little fantastic four cameo and we get a little hawkeye cameo uh but anyway and squirrel girl (laughs) yes squirrel girl i was gonna leave that one out but sure squirrel girl and anyway uh black cat in the end of last issue kind of slashed spider-man across the face but like saved him from like falling and uh spider you know he goes over his history with her and, and he's like we have a bit of complicated history you know because obviously they dated and it never worked out because she's a villain and a thief Uh, (laughs) but anyway they make like a bunch of funny jokes about like uh, a zebra can't change its stripes and or he's like would it be more fitting if i said a cheetah can't change its spots because you know cat and uh (laughs) she's like kind of pissed but she's also kind of like i'm not mad at you and then he's like why did you slash me across the face and and uh, she's like you had it coming anyway um she wants him to team up with her to go invade the thieves guild which she is kind of like an undercover agent for yeah she's uh, a member like she's but kinda, she's like she, yeah double agent 
she's always looking out for herself more than anyone. So hmm. um, Spider-Man's like, all right, lead the way. And he's kind of like holding on to her back as she, you know, whips swings the off. City, I guess. Because Spider-Man um, lost his web swingers last issue. Stolen from yeah. the Thieves Guild. So he's yeah, got to awkwardly uh, hold on to Black Cat. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Mary Jane meets up with an old friend who apparently used to date Peter as well, which might seem a little awkward, but she's not trying to make it awkward. Carly uh, Cooper. She talks about, yes, Carly Cooper. Um, she's like, oh, the ex. And she's like, are you guys back together? And MJ doesn't exactly answer, but it's implied. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then she's, she basically tells MJ about this place where you can go to anonymous, anonymously speak about, you know, if you kind of have some trauma related to a superhero, uh, you know, if you're the love interest of a superhero or the sibling or, you know, a family member of a superhero, you could talk about any of the problems you have. Hmm. Sounds a lot like heroes in crisis, except they're not going to get slaughtered. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, MJ is kind of, you know, reluctant to do it at first. She's like, eh, I don't know, you know, how I feel about that. But eventually, you know, she's like, all right, maybe I'll go. And uh, we go back to Black Cat and Spider-Man. They're getting ready to kind of go into the Thieves Guild place. And um, he's able to find his web slingers again. And he's like, all right, puts it on. And then he puts on like a helmet from Nova. I don't know what hero. Oh, it's Nova's helmet. Yeah. I was was like, whose helmet did he put on? But a lot of stuff is here. It's like Thor's hammer, the Fantastic Four car, Captain America's shield, Iron Man's suits, you know, the Punisher's weapons. And Black Cat's like, all right, we'll split it half and half. And he's like, half and half? She's like, yeah, you're lucky. I'm I'm not taking full. The old me would have taken full. And he's like, what? No, you can't take this. We have to return these to the heroes. And he's like, what would we do that? Like an online registry? <laughs> oh, he's always cracking jokes. It's funny. Um, anyway, before before I get to that ending, I'll just go back to Mary Jane. Went actually ended up going to the anonymous place where she sees none other than Jarvis. Uh, it's just, you know he's helping kind of lead this, which kind of makes sense because Jarvis has had to deal with you know a lot of the entire you know, Avengers, knowing <laughs> yeah, know, knowing the identity and problems you know avenger which is i i would guess a lot to hold on to yeah uh so he he's like yeah dude like stark tech um your face like gets blurred and you know you, you wouldn't know who it is so then mary jane like and, and doctor like, strange people. has a gas that comes through the vents that makes you kind of forget what they're saying so yeah, it's like, like all, a safe all you place remember, yeah all you remember at the end is like that you you like vaguely remember things that you said but other than that you can't really remember anything else and um, I didn't know if, like, we were supposed to recognize any of the blurred faces based on what they said. Oh, uh, I recognize some. Did you recognize some. any of people? I like, did you recognize some of them? Yeah, and you could go on Reddit and people are trying to identify them. Um, so she's my daughter, of course. There's one guy. He kind of sounds like he's uh, the Wasp's father. So the Wasp is kind of young, like the current Wasp. And her dad knows that she's a superhero. So it could be that. Uh, bottom left character. So you basically is these panels, and they show uh, these bodies, but their faces are all covered, and they're just I talking think I know about the, it. The, the bottom left is the one that I thought I knew. Is that Miles Morales' best friend? Yeah, Gonk or something. Uh, no, not Ned. Uh, Gonk. Yeah, the one, he actually kind of looks like Ned from the MCU. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gonk. Uh, Gonky. Oh, I, I don't even know what his name is. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who these others are. Oh, I looked it up. Dang, but bottom right. So bottom right actually says he's the Fantastic Four's mailman, right? Could be. I was also thinking maybe it's uh, Stan Lee. Oh. Because, like, sometimes he cameos as, as the mailman. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. But he yeah. was an old-looking neck. But, but I, I, anyway, there were, like, anonymous people, and I guess it was, like, a game of, like, oh, who could you guess who it is? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> to get back to uh, Black Cat and Spider-Man, so, um, you know, they're kind of arguing over Black Cat getting half or Black Cat getting none, and then all of a sudden they're surrounded by the, the uh, guild. The Thieves' the Guild. guild of thieves. 
Thieves Guild, and uh, they end it with, hello, Felicia, welcome home. To be continued. So yeah. uh, that was something weird also. Issue. The very last page. So for Marvel books, on the very last page, they show like, next time on Dragon Ball. Uh, they show the next time and they show uh, <laughs> the next cover. The next cover says this cover was stolen and they're not showing the next, like what's the Amazing Spider-Man number 10 is going to look like yet. So that's I either like, oh, haha, ha, it's a joke because everything's being st- stolen or it's a, it's a cover that spoiler they can't show cover? yet because it's like a big yeah. spoiler or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, kind of a spoilery cover. But I don't know what they could spoil because this wasn't that that big of a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, did you enjoy the issue? I did. I like Amazing Spider-Man a lot. I, I thought the jokes were really funny. I like the idea of a Marvel's version of a safe heroes in crisis therapy session. So <laughs> yeah, I liked not it. Get shot up. Yeah, no, I, I liked it too. Um, I'll probably rate it like an eight out of ten. Uh, I mean, not that much happened. I'm kind of interested actually in the MJ plot. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, what's going on with the anonymous stuff? More than the and Peter I, one. Not... Yeah, I give it like yeah. a. I give it an eight. I didn't have any problems with it besides like yeah. how much happened. So eight out of ten. Yeah, that's why I said eight out of ten. It was. Solid issue. the The series has been pretty solid so far. I don't really have any real complaints about it. I it's like really it. good. Yeah. If you want to get into Spider Man, read the Amazing Spider Man 2018 series, which is what we're doing right now. It's so yeah. good. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's written pretty well. The art's usually pretty good, and uh, yeah, it's you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll move on to our second Marvel comic of the week. We actually had three Marvel comics this week, which is crazy because we only read like three Marvel titles. <laughs> yeah. so, so when they all come out one week, it's like, well, that's uh, it's like a lunar Weird. lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we'll go on to Captain America number five. Uh, may I just say the Alex Ross covers are just beautiful. Uh, I are. love that he does covers for Captain America. Uh, like I know the main focus is Captain America getting shocked by the shock lady, but like Bucky in the top <laughs> right corner, I mean, he looks like magnificent. That metal arm is just shiny. Oh, you can see the so fear good. in his face. <laughs> I, I like, oh man, Alex Ross, he, he's killing the cover game. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, this, this, this issue has a lot to do with Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, uh, General Ross. I'm sure you know him if you know Marvel. Uh, <laughs> Captain America's trying to trying to chase down his girl, his booth. He's fighting uh, Taskmaster, where we left off last issue. He, uh, yeah, Taskmaster, Taskmaster skull-looking who... guy. His powers are, if you're fighting him, he could copy your movement. So, he's yeah, copying he's Cap's movement. So many Avengers, he has like a lot of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um he shot him with a poison arrow and from like Hawkeye. Um, I think he had like a lot of like Iron Man's like fighting style. So yeah. it, it was interesting. Like how does how does he take Taskmaster down? And like Taskmaster a Taskmaster, oh, that's an interesting name. Uh is kind of like playing with him and he says like a guy who conquers the world would never go down this easy. So like uh you know, he's kind of holding his own against Captain America and then Captain America hears his boo thang, Miss Sharon, uh scream because she's in the other room getting basically tortured and um (laughs) like yeah that's where he starts like fighting back real good and you know he's he's starting to get him he like pokes his his eyes in with it yeah yeah, like pokes his eyes in with his thumbs and he breaks his nose and he's like really going hard after taskmaster so cap's able to like kind of really take him him down he puts him yeah he puts him in the chokehold puts him to sleep and then uh cap comes rushing in to go save uh Sharon and she's under like two women, which is the villain from I think two issues ago who could like shoot like the purple lightning. Mm-hmm. And uh, right when he gets there, they pretty much like they shoot like one thing of fire at Captain America, but they kind of just use it as a distraction to leave. So it's like uh, he was like, and even Celine isn't the real foe. So that was like, oh, okay, like they're 
just like a warm-up level who's the real big boss. they're real boss. they're just goons <laughs> so but i really like the dialogue here when he uh catches up with sharon he's like sharon she's like hey, hey soldier he's like, are you okay <laughs> and and she goes you kidding babe best part of my day and then she hugs and i'm just like oh oh cap yeah <laughs> romance you <laughs> uh, anyway, Cap, Cap Cap gets back to Brooklyn and meets up with Bucky, where they share a cup of coffee. <laughs> and um, you know, he's talking about like, oh, how bad is it? And then you know, he, Captain America's like, I've been busy, Bucky. And uh, he's talking about Sharon and how she barely remembers anything that happened, and that basically General Ross is a dick. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, then we go back to Celine, and it's like he's like, what's her part in this? And then Captain America's like, she's pulling every string. And then the last page is the big reveal, and it says, "This feels bigger than Ross." And who else do we see in the mirror but Red Skull? Red Skull. Yep. Red, Red Skull's Skull, back. baby. So he and was in like, it, yeah, basically Red Skull was bathing in what's Marvel's version of a Lazarus, the Lazarus pit, pit. It seems because yeah. he's like he has skin like on his face and stuff. He looks like a normal guy. He kind of looks like Razel Ghoul too. <laughs> he goes yeah. over to a mirror and he looks in the mirror, and his reflection is Red Skull. So. He's like yeah, a healed really, red skull. That was like a really badass last page and has me really excited for what's to come. Mm-hmm. I've too. really been enjoying Captain America a lot. Like it's been one of my top titles, like not even in just Marvel, like in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's it's, just gonna, I, I feel like it'd probably be better in trade. It's a little slow because it's monthly, but like I've really been enjoying it. Yeah. It, it's like a really good read. The art's also incredible. The artist does yeah. really good shadows over like how's eyes when he's like mad and stuff. So. It's really well done, and it's really serious. So this Captain America is very different than the Avengers Captain America. Think of like uh, the Avengers book right now. That Captain America is kind of like the Avengers movie Captain America. Well, the Captain America in the Captain America book is like Winter Soldier Captain America. That's a lot of Captain Americas. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little confusing, confused but... following that, but I think I got it. Like the Captain America book is like the Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier character, and then the Avengers book is like the avengers character yeah so avengers cap is kind of more cheery and while the captain america book is more like darkness and serious and gritty and but it's not like bad like it's actually really good characterization no it's really good yeah like it's really well done but yeah but Uh, even avengers cap is really well done i give the issue like a nine i really enjoyed it yeah i was gonna say a nine out of ten as well i really really enjoyed uh it was it was, it was good, and I really recommend the series to anyone who likes Captain America and who wants to jump on, especially if you're a fan of, like, you know, like Hunter said, Captain America, the Winter Soldier movie. Like, you got a lot of those vibes. And it's it's a very serious yeah. Captain America series. Like, Black Panther was in, like, two issues ago, so that was fun to see. Uh, Bucky appears here and there, so it's really cool. Yeah. yeah, so highly recommend. All right, let's go on to our third and final Marvel Comic of the Week, a.k.a. Avengers number 700 now you must be thinking number 700 wait a second wasn't the last issue number nine how did they jump from nine to 700 comics well, are confusing sometimes <laughs> marvel <clears throat> does this thing where it's like they DC restart does their it series too. every once do like, they, they have a legacy number not well yeah they do they just oh, were celebrating wonder woman 700 like a month ago oh but mm-hmm. no, no but, well yeah actually i know that because the flash 700 but i'm talking about like marvel prints it out on every issue like it says like the issue number. So like the Captain America was number five, and then the like legacy number was seven oh nine. So like they basically like if the series was never canceled or like never rebooted, then that's what the number would be at seven hundred nine. So this was the seven hundredth one of the Avengers. Woot woot. 
Uh, the only thing it means is it costs more and it's you know, a little thicker. Anyway, <laughs> it costs five ninety nine. I had a lot of problems with that. Five ninety nine is a lot for a comic, especially um, with uh, two hosts here from college. Yes, exactly. On a college budget, that is not helping. Anyway, mm. this we bought book it. <laughs> is all about team. Yeah, <laughs> this book is all about teams. Uh, we start in Mother Siberia. You got you got to recap this with the Russian accent. Oh God! <laughs> they are building. They are building Russian Avengers with Big Bear and Big Beard and Red Captain America, Captain Russia. Uh, we have Black, uh, not the Black Widow, but uh, I can't do this. They got, red they got Widow. Like a lady red Widow. It's basically <laughs> yeah, uh, Russian Widow. Avengers, but slightly different. There is Russian Iron Man. There's Russian Captain America, <laughs> and there is drunk Russian Bear. <laughs> he is he is strong like a bear. Uh, he literally is but, a bear, though. That you know, he's a bear. Uh, and then the other team that's developing is Namor's team of the de- uh, Defenders of the Deep, which includes a bunch of sea creatures. It kind of reminds me of like Aquaman and the others, uh, like you know all the kind of crazy looking sea creatures. Yeah, it's very much like Aquaman. There's even a character named Orca, who's an orca whale, which is. Literally the DC villain, Orca, who is an Orca whale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a character named King Crab, Tiger Shark. Tiger Shark is a lot like King Shark. Mm-hmm. So, King yeah, Crab's like, uh, what, what's that giant crab's name again? Dang yeah, it, I know which one you're talking about from Aquaman. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Crush, Crush, that's it. He's yeah, like Crush, so but smaller. It's like, if you read Aquaman, you'll be like, oh, a lot of these characters look familiar. And then, of course, Namor always reminds He's always like, my my father was a sea captain, my mother was a queen, or you know, my mother was royalty, and I was the outcast. Yeah, okay, Aquaman. Okay, okay, Arthur Curry. <laughs> Even though Namor actually came out first in comics, but still, no. I always think of Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> he had him beat by like two years. Anyway, mm. not the point. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's like this huge gorilla <laughs> at Avengers Mountain. So like, there's an alarm warning avengers priority alert and the gorilla is like rushing over to stop it and he's like hey computer it's me and it's like voice patterns recognized ken hale gorilla man avengers butler and then he's like grr stark and his damn jokes i'm not the butler i'm the special agent of warning avengers priority <laughs> alert damn it where the, where, where's this damn emergency where do i find the avengers so then the avengers are obviously not in the base so where are they well uh, detective chips uh, are <laughs> a lot of a lot of DC type characters here. Anyway, um, Ghost Rider and Tony Stark are on the Pacific Coast Highway in a race. Uh, Tony's in like his souped up red car, you know, and he's going against Ghost Rider, who's in obviously his Ghost Rider mobile. And uh, he's like, you know, it's a race, and he's like, if if I win, if Tony wins, he gets to talk, like, send a message to his dad, uh, his dead father. And yeah. I guess Ghost Rider will extend it for him. And uh, the message is, uh, hi, Howard. I made a car better than the Ghost Rider. You finally proud of me yet? So typical, <laughs> you know, uh, Tony Stark. And then if Ghost Rider wins, his brother will get like a wheelchair from, uh, you know, Stark Industries, which will be like a souped up, you know, crazy ass wheelchair. But even if uh, Tony says, even if he loses, like he'll still get in the wheelchair. So very nice of Tony. Yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden, Tony's car comes off the ground. And you can kind and, of like uh, that's fly and you know Mario Kart. Yeah, Mario Kart Seven mechanics. So basically, and uh, they're like, uh, "Warning!" They get the warning. Avengers priority alert. Uh, Ghost Rider goes, "Oh crap! Guess the race will have to wait." And then Tony's like, "I don't think so, kid. Last one in the last one in the mountains, a rotten Avenger." So that was really funny. I really like Tony Stark's sense of humor. In this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on the seafloor, Thor and Captain Marvel are uh, talking gossip. <laughs> um, Thor is basically like a schoolgirl here. He's like, do you, do you really think She-Hulk likes me? And then Captain Marvel's like, do you want me to text her? And he's like, like I mean, I don't, I don't, only if you want to. And then they get <laughs> ignored by like the uh, Avengers priority alert. And then he's like, uh, I mean, you can still send the text though, right? So like Thor is like, <laughs> you know, turning red. It's very over, childish. Over, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like in a, in a funny way. Yeah, She-Hulk is in her Jennifer form in Wakanda trying to figure out, you know, why is she She-Hulking out? And, uh, you know, Takala is kind of helping her out a little bit and talking to her. And then that's when they get the Avengers alert, so they got to go. And then we see Captain America in Washington, D.C. at the Lincoln Memorial. um, And he's there with Thunderbolt Ross, who was also in his issue. And they're kind of talking about, like, uh, Ross wants the Avengers to be basically american and then uh you know rogers is like no we work for the world we don't just work for america and then uh ross is like yeah in america (laughs) but well ross is like yeah that sounds great on a bumper sticker but the truth is and then he's like you know you can trust us we're the avengers and then of course you know ross doesn't trust him uh but anyway he starts going off in his motorcycle and he'll teleport over there when they teleport over there namor is like you know pissed and he's ready to fight and then the Avengers are there ready to fight and Namor and Black Panther are staring down and it was awesome. <laughs> they had a big rivalry in like the 70s and 80s Namor yeah, and Black and it's, Panther. It's, it's they were like the first hero today. on hero fight was Namor and Black yeah. Panther so yeah. they hate each other. <laughs> yeah they hate each other they're lining up and then all of a sudden the defenders of the ocean and the Avengers start fighting and uh, there's some funny lines throughout there like Tony has to fight like the the uh, monster, and he's like, "Oh, can I switch with Thor?" Because you know Thor magic. That was yeah. really cool. It was really and then cool how the fight up, started, but... though. So the fight started because there's there's these civilians trying to get out of there, and these giant piranhas are like about to kill the civilians, and then Cap throws his shield and Thor throws his hammer to like save them, and then Namor's banner just like, "Oh, first blood, first blood." Now it's on, and they start fighting, and they're like, "I did soul, no, I did soul." Yeah, he, like, needed them to, like, start the conflict so then he could, like, continue into it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Russian Avengers, I'm just going to call them the Russian Avengers. They're the Russian Avengers. They show up, <laughs> and they're going to join the fight against the sea creatures. So it's it's like a three-way fight going on here, and it goes on for quite a few pages. They were um, it, The Russian Avengers show up, I think, because, like, the area they were fighting was in the ocean, but it was, like, near Russia. So it's like, this is our property. This is yeah. our property. Yeah, and then... Um, there's like a really cool panel where they're basically lined up with the Russian Avengers and the Avengers and they're lined up like with their counterparts. So Captain America and Captain Russia, Iron Man and Russian Iron Man, the bear and She-Hulk, you know, so it's really cool to see and that. They even have like a, a god on their team, which is like Thor, Perrin, Sli- or the, Perrin the Storm God, which is really cool. He yeah. kind of looks like Odin, but with two eyes. Yeah, and then Ghost Rider, he's like the comical relief. I mean, I guess they're all kind of the comical relief, but I kind of love it because... Uh, they were talking about one of the girls and like she talks and then like goes is like holding a stomach like yeah she stabs too yeah, <laughs> so, he was stabbed. That, was, that, that was really good and um general ross is uh you know looking at some pictures on his desk and he's like basically like he needs a team to fight for america and he knows the number one man for the job agent colson and then agent colson says happy to be back general and then he introduces the squadron supreme of america and um, one of them looks identical to Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, wearing... yeah, <laughs> like so she, much she's like Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Like, yeah, like it's literally the Wonder Woman outfit, just it's black. 
Yeah. Like it, it's crazy. The, like, how are they not getting hit for like copyright? And you could even <laughs> say the guy like uh, next to Colson kind of looks like Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like just with, with gold ears, but yeah. Very much so. It's, I don't know. It's, it's crazy, but yeah. So the Squadron Supreme of America. Uh, that should be interesting. Ross has his own team, and obviously Captain America's not going to like that. And then the the um, fight the ends. Well, the fight ends first off. Like Namor actually kills two piranhas, and it's like they're he's killing his own men. Get out of here! That, this is crazy. And the the Russian Avengers they leave, and Cap and Tony and uh, Captain Marvel they're just like, okay, I think we just made the world a dangerous place for us because the Namor's team doesn't like us, and now the Russian Avengers don't like us. So that ain't good. Yeah, yeah. That, that fight ended. And then yeah, epilogue. Then, yeah, like the art like changes and um like I I didn't like the art, like the new order style. Uh um, either. <laughs> but we, we see Ghost Rider and his little brother and his little brother's in the uh Stark wheelchair and he's like flying up above. <laughs> he's like, I can fly. It's like can you tell <laughs> Iron like, Man that he's like, my favorite fly. Avenger ever? Yeah. Uh but anyway, uh Ghost Rider goes outside and he's like, I just gotta check my car real quick. And then when he goes out there, he gets like stabbed by somebody who looks like literally just like Odin. Well, it is and... Odin. Oh, it is. Okay. I was like <laughs> incredibly, con- I'm like incredibly confused. I'm like, why did Odin just, I'm like, that can't be Odin. But yeah, that was, no, that it's was, Odin. Was <laughs> so what, what was going on there then? I, I'm like still flipping through it. Okay. So right, right. Cause you just kind of skimmed through this part. Basically he comes to talk to Ghost Rider because he's just like, wow, there's a new Ghost Rider. Guess what? I used to be friends with the Ghost Rider back in the first day we're in the first Avengers form, and that's like the, the mammoth one, yeah. The mammoth one, where the first Ghost Rider, he didn't have a motorbike, he rode a flaming woolly mammoth. So, Which is awesome. He had his like own issue of Avengers. Yep. So uh, Odin starts telling uh, Ronnie about this, Ronnie Ghost Rider, and he's just like, yeah, so uh, if you need advice, like, I, I lived like a lot, like, I lived like 50 years with this Ghost Rider. We, we traveled together, we fought together, he was a great friend of mine, so need advice, just talk to me. He's just like, wow, thanks, Odin, you're awesome. Here, take this coffee. And then they, like, drink coffee together. And then Odin's just like, I'll, I'll be back, we'll meet again, and kind of disappears, so. Whatever that was. And then, oh yeah, and then Odin teaches him how, teaches Ghost Rider to go faster in the car. So Ghost Rider's now a bit faster, because Odin taught him what to do. But then, um, next epilogue is Loki in space with all the Celestials. Uh, the Celestials are kind of just like torturing Loki in space and he's just like I don't know what to do I don't know what you guys want and he's just kind of like talk trying to talk his way out of it and then someone appears which is very weird but none other than blah, 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 Wolverine, <laughs> Wolverine yeah, so yeah so Wolverine's in space uh, for those of you that don't know me included I don't really know if I'm gonna say this right or not you didn't hear this from me but I'm pretty sure Wolverine was guardian of the space of the space stone during the recent Infinity Gauntlet uh, arc, like the 2018 of oh, Yeah, pretty sure Wolverine was the space stone guardian, so that's why he's in space. And he basically okay. talks to Loki, and he's just like, "Hey, you got the Avengers together, so that's good. So uh, the seals, the Celestials here, they like me, but they don't like you. So uh, when I give the signal, get out of here, because the world's gonna need you. And then you see like, kind of like. Next time on Dragon Ball Z, like this uh, huge page of like what's coming to the Avengers. So first we see uh, some ninjas fighting Iron Fist. So that's kind of cool. We see Namor again with like zombie sharks. So, okay. We see the Punisher in like medieval armor with a sword. So that's kind of weird. We see, uh, I think his name's Animal Man holding Mjolnir. 
and Iron Man's helmet. Oh, I just noticed Iron Man's helmet. You see a <laughs> dark elf carrying fire and like laughing. You see the Russian bear again, just roaring. Oh, you the see Russian Moon Knight and, a, and like an army of mummies behind him. So that's kind of weird. And you see uh, one of the people from the uh, the new team, Coulson's new team, like just crushing Captain America's shield with his hands. So that's a little and then, weird. And then the last page, right? Yeah, okay. Then then the Loki, when he tells Loki that, Loki like gets out of there. He runs and he goes back to Earth. We don't know when we'll see him again, but probably soon. Last bit is the Wasp, like the original Wasp. She's flying to uh, Romania, which is Transylvania. R- Romania. Yeah, traveling to uh, Dracula's castle. So she's flying around and she gets in there and she's just like, she's talking to someone, but we don't know who, but she's talking to someone over like calm. And that person's just like, you gotta get out of there, wasps. It's too dangerous. You gotta get out of there. She's like, no, I came here to do something. I'm not gonna leave until I do it. And she goes into this prison cell and you see none other than uh, Blade. Like Blade, I keep forgetting Blade's a Marvel character, but Blade's. There. I know. I I thought the same thing. I was like, I always thought he was like Image or like Dark Horse. That's why I was like, when I saw Blade, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, All right, he's Marvel. And she goes, "Hey, Blade, how'd you like to join the Avengers?" And he just goes like, "Get me in my sword." She's like, "Good answer." And that was it. So that so that was a really cool ending. I was not expecting to see Blade by me any standards. Also, because. Because Marvel Comics like to show the cover of the next one. The next cover is Thor and She-Hulk, like, kind of like hugging and, and romance. It's gross. They're going. They're going on a date. They're, that's gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it will be funny, though. I'm looking forward uh, to it. I mean, I, I can't wait to see Thor make an ass of himself. <laughs> but, Me too. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you rate the long ass issue? Oh, it's too long. I know it's 700 issues, but geez, you gotta like. The fight was, scene's the, cool and all, but you gotta give us a break, man. Yeah, there was a lot long. that could have been caught. Like, that fight scene went on for so long. Yeah, like, usually I like longer issues. Like, I like the exercise issues of, like, when DC did their, like, Superman number 50, Flash number 50. Well, then there wasn't no Superman 50. But Flash 50 yeah, I was, was say, awesome. Yeah, don't even remind me. Superman didn't even make it. <laughs> <laughs> but Flash 50 was awesome, and, like... Uh, Green Lanterns and how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps 50 was awesome. I could read that all day. But this one I feel like just struggled because it was all like a fight scene that just happened with little to no build up. It had an issue of building up and yeah. a few pages to build the Russian team. Like Hal and Pals, when Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps had their like 50th issue. To build it. Yeah, they had two arcs to build this final fight and it was, and it was intense. <laughs> like This one felt like it was just like random punching and stuff. Though I do yeah. really like the, the, the end. I do really like how uh, Odin appeared, mentored Ghost Rider. They basically like set up a bunch of different books. Like that—that that was basically the ending. Uh-huh. But I enjoyed it. Like I'm looking forward to Blade. I'm looking forward to Odin possibly being Ghost Rider's mentor, and I'm looking forward to Wolverine possibly appearing here and there. So yeah, uh, I give the uh, issue so like then... a seven point five. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna go like seven. Yeah, I was probably gonna go seven point five as well. All right, great minds think alike. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Now that's it for the Marvel Comics of the Week. So now we'll move on to the DC Comics of the Week. Uh, there were four DC Comics that we read, but uh, some busy college boy. I only read two of them. I read Flash <laughs> and Superman. I did not read Red Hood, and I did not read Detective Comics. Luckily, we have two hosts and good yeah. old Hunter read both of the all four of them. I so did. Uh, we'll we'll start with the two I read. So let's start with Flash number fifty eight. Okay. Um, Flash. So we're in the. A different country. It's in the port of Truino. 
in bad bad Port, uh, badnesia. Yeah, badnesia. Badnesia. Um, this is the beginning of the Force Quest arc. Uh, we've talked about this before. I really think this could be a great arc, and it had a really good first issue. So I'm really, really crossing my fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Rafa Sandoval on the art, uh, best known for his work on the end of Hall and Pals, and uh, oh, all of Hall and Pals, really, not just the end. He did yeah, all. I mean, of it. like, well, no, because Ethan Van Skiver did like the first half of the series. Well, he was doing like he was part of the first arc. He just wasn't on the book as much. But he did yeah, like, an yeah, issue like he, he continued more like like towards the end of the book is what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. I know what you mean. But okay, yeah, yeah, but fl- yeah, great art. <laughs> yeah, this flash work and whoever did his colors did a really good job. Like the red on this flash suit just popped. Did a really good um, job until Barry took off his mask. I feel like his hair looks a little too orange than it does blonde. Oh, I didn't. Opinion. I didn't exactly think that, but I, I could see what, he like changed the hairstyle. Of- like every artist, the flash changes the hairstyle. Yeah, like he changed like Barry to have like a loop that goes like it, it looks kind of weird. Anyway, um, so they're in the streets of this other country, and this uh, man tries to rob a woman of her purse. Barry's navigating through the busy city uh, to get through all the people, and Iris is like, "Can you just vibrate through all these people?" And he's like, "No, that would be dangerous." And uh, then he's um, like, you know, saying, "Excuse me, sorry." Like he's so polite, getting through all these people. Even he even though, I mean, brings I was, up that he used to like being too polite. He's like, honestly, when I run past these people, they always they probably just see like a blur and a gust of wind, but I'm trying to be nice anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he catches up with Iris and she's got like this weird foreign food and he's like, ugh, Iris, I don't want to eat that. I don't have heat wave stomach problems. And then she's like, come on. We like, he's like, I'll just run back to central city. I can get us the best milkshakes. And then she's like, not so fast, Alan. And she's like, like we're on this adventure together. Come on. We got to try it. Like, you know, they're world travelers. Now we got to do this together. So they go to this like old, old church. It's like a, it's the oldest structure in that country. Um, they go there because Iris read about it in one of her books, and they talk about like when Trickster destroyed the library. But she was—that's what she was reading about there. Um, when they get to the place they need to go, it's like completely trashed, and Barry's CSI skills kind of tick in. Like, you know, we've seen enough crime scenes. There are two villains above him. They drop down, but they don't know he's the Flash. So they're like, "Oh, it's just an innocent civilian. We'll be going." They jump out the window. Barry changes into the Flash. He has kind of a weird line when he talks about like. Uh, I don't have to be too too concerned about my secret identity because nobody knows me here. But with modern technology, a picture uh, could go a picture of me could go viral at any moment. I was just like, eh, okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he catches up to the he catches up to the two villains and they they're have, called like, all uh, Gemini too. Yeah, Gemini, which is a cool name, and uh, they have like weird masks. But uh, anyway, they have like kind of like strength force type power, and they punch him, and he like like he said it felt like the strength force. Like they literally make Barry's lip go. Well, yeah, you can't see me, but I think you could imagine what, what I'm uh, saying here. Yeah, like the, his lip like went out. So the building's about to fall, and Barry can't catch up to the villain, so he's got to go save the people. He saves the people, and uh, he's like, all right, nobody got hurt. We're good. And then, you know, the, the villains run off, and Barry just feels bad because he's like, you know, this church was like the oldest structure in their country. Now it's destroyed. And then, like, Iris like, you know, everybody was okay, and that's what matters. Barry's, like, disappointed at this, and... He's like, you know, we're not in Central City anymore, and I don't. I, he like, he really feels like bad for destroying this building, mm-hmm. even though it's not his home city or anything like that. Like he still feels bad. He's like and in he, Central like, City, like you knock over a building. I could probably build it in like ten minutes, but this was history. This can't be rebuilt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we go down to our two villains who are in the who are in the sewer, and they talk about how they robbed a Metropolis museum back in seventy two, assuming nineteen seventy two. So. I'm guessing these villains have been around for quite a while. Uh, 
and they were not expecting the flash but the girl gemini wants this like the speed the power like she's very power hungry you could tell and she's like come on will you please get it for me with a cherry <laughs> on top can you get and the then speed i like gemini's line <laughs> he's like i'll chase the flash down to the ends of the earth for you so that was cool um then we kind of recap of what's been happening lately. We see the end of Flash War where Hunter is choking both Wally and Barry. Uh, we see the Flash of 52 Worlds. We see, uh, you know, Strength Force Trickster and Sage Force Heatwave. We see Kid Flash walking out with a backpack being like, leave it with Teen Titans now, Dad or Barry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Barry's just like feeling overwhelmed and he's like, you know, we need to stop overthinking this and I just, you know, I need to go where this all started. So he goes to Gorilla City. He runs with Iris and Iris for one... <laughs> Iris is a much better sport than Detective Burns. She's not like, how dare you pick me up? She just rides along with the Flash. <laughs> she and, has, like, um, goggles, go, too, which I think was nice. Yeah. Yeah. They look kind of weird, but it makes sense, I mean, when, you know, running. Um, but they get to Gorilla City, and she's like, wow, I've never seen him before. And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, very, you know, nobody goes there. It's, you know, very hidden from the rest of the world. And when they get there, they see all the gorillas slaughtered on the ground. And, mm -hmm. yeah, that's where the issue ends, to be continued. Uh, Gorilla City Massacre. Um, I really enjoyed this issue. I thought it was very solid. Uh, Force Quest, I really hope is shaping up to be a good story. I, I liked it a lot. Me too. It was really cool. There was a few, there was an Easter egg at the beginning. Did you catch that? Yes. Um, Barry so. talks about his childhood <laughs> and he says that he, he was born at, uh, Infantino, uh, hospital, the Infantino General Hospital, which is, no, 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 I'm sorry. I messed that up. He went to Infantino High School, which is named after classic Silver Age uh, Flash artist Carmine Infantino. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I met the love of my life at a crime scene at the corner of Wade and Johns, which is obviously Mark, Mark Wade, Wade Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns, yeah. So I was like, wow, good good job, Josh Williamson. <laughs> little, little hints there. Is this Bendis I'm reading with the writer Easter eggs? <laughs> it, it was cool. I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked this issue a lot. Gemini, really, really. Uh, I think Gemini is kind of cool. They're like, they kind of remind me of uh, kind of like Bonnie and Clyde. I was just about to say Bonnie and Clyde. That's crazy. Yeah, so they're. I, I was just thinking Bonnie and Clyde. They're a couple that does bad stuff like stealing. And their suits are kind of cool. So they're like blue and white. And they have like masks. One of them is smiling, one of them is frowning. And they're just like stealthy people with like really powerful fists. So yeah. it's cool. I like them. It's yeah, they're kind of interesting, and I'm interested to see how they play out in this arc. And if I just hope they don't like steal the Flash of Speed because I feel like we've seen that a million times. But yeah, um, <laughs> I'm gonna rate this issue a nine out of ten. I really liked it. I yeah, okay, nine out of ten. Me too. Were you gonna go lower? No, I was. I was thinking eight point five or nine. So I'll go nine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Superman number five. Uh, in Superman, we start out with we're very confused in the beginning because. We see General Zod pointing to Superman, Superwoman, Superboy. Not Superwoman, it's Lois. Lois. Um, in, in a super suit. Where is my super suit? But it's like <laughs> a, bunch of, a bunch of DC heroes, and he's like the House of L. He points to himself and his child and his wife. and the uh, Eradicator. Yeah, yeah, from Superman Rebirth. And he says, the House of Zod. And then he points to these Kryptonian-looking people and says, the House of Kandor. You know, they're all living together on new Krypton. We, we'll put our, you know... We went from near extinction. Aside. Yeah, we went from near extin extinction to a new race of super gods underneath the yellow suns, and they'll reshape the galaxy for a better tomorrow. And then, like Zod is like, you know, he's happy and he's like, "Come on, for Krypton, for the future." And then he wakes up in like a panic, like, like the city's like about to explode, and then all of a sudden he wakes up like, ah, like Zod. Well, it's very dark because you see this portal open the sky and lightning comes out and hits his wife and child, and just blood splatters on his face. 
And then it's Rogalzar. Yeah, it's Rogalzar. And he's just like, he just looks at Rogalzar and then he wakes up. And yeah. yeah. And then basically, um, Zod's kid says to him, the earth is missing. So then we go to the Phantom Zone or Earth. However, for those of you who don't know what's happening, uh, basically the you know the Phantom Zone projector where you like zap someone and they go into the Phantom Zone. Well, someone zapped the Earth, so the entire Earth's in the Phantom Zone. Yeah, that's my little recap. Anyways, thank you, thank thank you, Hunter. Very cool. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) Rogal Zar and a bunch of Krypton's have Superman basically on his knees, and it's like rise, Superman, and he decides to rise by flying. That's such a badass (laughs) line, by the way. What, Rise Superman? Yeah, I love how Rogozar said that. Instead of being like, Rise Kryptonian, he said, Rise Superman. I'm like, oh. I've actually been loving Rogozar. Like, He's he is really cool, amazing. actually. And I was really not <laughs> expecting to like him. Like, I was expecting him to be, like, kind of boring, but I've really yeah, it's loved like, him. Oh, Doomsday that could talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. But now he's been so much more than that. And. Um, like Rogozar is not even concerned with him like flying off. Like he's so badass, he's like, he'll come to me. And then <laughs> Superman goes to retreat. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, so Adam Strange is flying above where Earth should be. He's like, dude, the Earth is gone. So he's trying to get in contact with Ray Palmer. And uh when he's trying to get into contact with Ray Palmer, Zod comes up to him and he's like, My name is Zod. <laughs> and then and then Adam Strange is like, of the? And he goes, Kryptonian Zods? And he's like, Where is the Earth? I don't know why that's my, my Zod, Zod voice. <laughs> Anyway, um, he knows that they're in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> yeah, Adam, Adam actually says, he goes, wow, this really is strange. And actually, my name is... Saw <laughs> so cuts him up. Yeah, that, that, that was Adam funny. Strange. And, uh, <laughs> Zod, Zod makes his way onto the Earth where it gets like untrunken by uh, the Adam. Well, they find the Earth first off. Yeah, like, they, they find it and then he's able to untrink it. And they're like, did you just shrink and untrink the world? Like, this, I felt like they said that like multiple times in the issue. Because when they find the Earth, it's like the size of a palm. And they're just like, what yeah. the heck is this? The earth and this starts growing and growing and growing. And yeah, you like can't outrun that. And stuff and buildings. Yeah. But yeah, so Zod is with um, like the Flash and the Atom. And he's like, I am Zod. Use that on me. Use it. And then like Adam with no hesitation just boom, shoots him. With and the he goes, Phantom Zone Projector. With the Phantom Zone Projector. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he doesn't that just was the shoot right him. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, with the Phantom Zone Projector to go. On, but like Zod was like very mad. And he's like, that was the right thing to do, right? That, that had to have been the right thing to do. Are we back to full size? So that that killed me when I read it. That was, that was so good. It's just and, like uh, when the Earth shrunk to like the size of a palm of a hand, everyone in the world is like passed out from that. It grew yeah, so suddenly, then, so they're starting to wake up a bit. And imagine like you're passed out, you wake up, and General Zod's right there screaming at you to shoot him. So yeah, <laughs> Adam yeah, kind of exactly. just panicked. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then the next page is like so beautiful. Oh my god! Like all of Superman's emotions. So like he's really like. The dialogue's amazing here. He talks about like you know when he first came, <clears> to, you know, he first came to Earth. I feel like I should read it. Like it's yeah, good. I was like, should we read, read it? it? <coughs> oh, I'm, Go I'm ahead, okay. Sweet. So it's a little long, but Superman's thinking. He's sitting on a little distant asteroid, I guess, in the Phantom Zone. Uh, he's looking across and he sees a uh, Zar just sitting there by a campfire. Probably singing some campfire songs or something. And he's just I staring. Goes. I was told my path. I was rocketed to Earth, and I'm okay with all that. I am. Honestly, it's been my honor to fly this path. Even on days where living up to the ideal of Superman gets to be so overwhelming that I can barely... But days like today, in hell, with the devil? I keep telling myself I couldn't find a way to kill this monster, even if I wanted to. But I could. I can make this entire dimension cease to exist. 
I really put my head to it. And maybe that's exactly what I should be doing. Maybe that's how I find myself in these impossible situations in the first place. Because I don't take, all, I don't take it all the way. Kendor, Krypton, he murdered my people. And now I have the power to do what no one else has the... And then you hear, Clark? like, Clark? <laughs> and, and like, while, while he's saying, like, all this internal monologue, he, like, he starts with a plain face, and you see, like... It reminds me of Henry Cavill's Superman, like, getting all angry, and then like, the red eyes coming out, and, like, the flame... Like, it's so awesome. Yeah. Like, the art is so beautiful in this issue. Oh, my God, he killed it. And then we get a flash, or, like, a... He, he sees, like, Mon Pa Kent, and then, like... Like, he's just looking his at them with, like, his Yeah. Yeah, and he's and he's looking at them with, with his red eyes, and Ma Kent goes, "If tests were easy," and then Pa Kent goes, "They wouldn't be tests." And he's like, "Sorry, Pa." And then that, that was like really good. Like they calmed him down. And I just I loved that so much. That was like the standout scene of the entire issue. Like Bendis, he he wanted to write Superman, so he did, and he just puts Clark Kent through hell, <laughs> like Kandor, a shrunken yeah, but- city of Kryptonian people, and he just had Ruggelzar just destroy it, killing millions of Kryptonians. Then he starts to say, I killed Krypton, and now he's going to kill Earth. So it makes sense that Superman's so mad that he wants to kill Rogozar, but he made a rule. He doesn't want to kill. Yeah. So. And, um, like, I, I just, I, I love it so much. And Ben is doing, like, a good job of putting Clark Kent through hell, but, like, still producing a good book. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. King. No, but, like, uh, <laughs> like he, he really is, like, putting Superman, like, to the limits. And, you know, I, I, I'm really loving every step of it. Like, it's really well done. And um, he, he's like in a, in a face down with Rogal Czar, where him and Rogal Czar have like monologue back and forth. And um, like he asked the question that's been burning in all of our heads for so long. Like, who destroyed your home planet? Was it a Kryptonian? Is, that's what it's really about, right? Like an eye for an eye type situation. And then like yeah. he doesn't even want to like, he doesn't answer the question. He just says like, like, you'll be put down and so will your planet. And then like, he, you know, he's like, uh, I'll get you across the galaxy and I'll, and I'll kill your half bred son. You know wherever he is, and I was like, "Damn, he knows about John Kent. This is crazy." <laughs> and then, uh, and, and then Superman's like, "Now I see it." And then, like he, he he's just like the way he's reasoning with Rogal Zar. Like he should be reasoning with Rogal Zar because of how bad of a man Rogal's or bad of an alien Rogal Zar is. Like he's just there talking to him, and it's crazy. And Superman even like smiles at one point. Yeah, I know. Like, like the like not even like a smile, like a grin, and it's just like crazy. And he picks up Zod. Uh, picks up Zod. He picks up uh, Rogal Zar and like blasts off. And then um, they have like a little bit of monologue back and forth. And he says, "Kal-el is above revenge." Uh, well, you see like dialogue, and it's not either of them. And it says, "You're very right, creature. Kal-el is about revenge, but I, I am Zod." And you see Zod with like the red eyes, and that's where the issue ends. And he like slams on the ground. He yeah, looks like, next. oh my god, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ivan, Ivan Reese is killing the art, like, it's, oh my god, it's so amazing, mm-hmm. um, but, but it says, like, next, Zod versus Rogal Zar, and, um, that was so good, the issue went, like, so quick, like, now that I'm reading back at it, it actually didn't go that quick, but I guess I read through it so quick, because I was enjoying I was just, it so much, I was mesmerized, like, I had no distractions, I just read through the entire issue, like, oh yeah, my god, the, this the is so good, the art was perfect, the, the writing was perfect, it's a 10 out of 10 for me, I just, I love oh, it yeah, so much, oh yeah, 10 out of 10 for sure, Zod, and look- that's, like if you're an anime, week. if you're an anime fan out there, Zod is basically Vegeta at this point from Dragon Ball. Like he's he's literally like he's fighting Weeb. for the Sorry. good sake, but he's <laughs> so angry and he's gonna like like he's evil, but he's fighting for good here because he's fighting to kill Rogozar because Rogozar destroyed Krypton. He just learned so. Oh my god, it's so good! It's so yeah, no, the, good. This series, like I just I hate that it's monthly because it takes forever to come. 
Like, it's so good. Like, it's so well written. Bendis is, oh my god, he's killing Superman. He, like, he's honestly, he's doing so well. Next issue is uh, Superman, uh, I mean, is Zod versus Rogue Lazar. But to be honest, it's probably going to be Zod and Superman versus Rogue Lazar. So, we're going to get Zod and Superman team up, which is so hype. I'm yeah, so excited Zod, Zod and Superman teaming up, and Zod's all supercharged because of his two yellow suns. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have, like, you know, just the Krypton history there. I don't know. It's going to be so good. It is, yeah. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. And if they actually beat Rogue Lazar, I don't know if they will next issue, but maybe the issue after that they might. Or at least get rid of him. I hope we have a moment of Zod and Clark to talk. Not fight, yeah. just talk. And, and, then, <laughs> and then during that talk, I need, I really, really... Jor-El. Tell him that Jor-El still exists. Like, I, I've been saying this for months. I need this to happen. Ever since a hero story started six months ago, we've been wanting this. <laughs> it's true, though. Like, it, it would be so perfect. And I, I really don't... Like, Bendis is a smart guy. He's not going to let that chance go. So, I, I'm really... Wow. This this issue was really great. Like, looking back at it, I really loved this issue. I think this issue was the best Superman issue that Bendis has wrote, written since he started. That, that's Even including like Man the Man of Steel. Steel. Steel yeah. Wow. That, that's, I think that's this a bold was so good. Thing, especially because how much we loved action week or two weeks ago. Well, just like Superman has so much emotion in it. Yeah, There's no, a fight the, scene. The, the, the Mon Pa Kent scene like absolutely killed me. I was like, oh my God. That's and so like Ivan Reese art. Oh my God. He's so good. And even like this, the slight moment where we see people like on Earth of like Adam freaking out or Adam Strange freaking out. I thought that was just, it was so funny. Seeing these yeah. like minor characters react to General Zod, <laughs> yeah, but not yeah, in like a, a great balance yeah. of like comedy seriousness, like character development. I don't know. I love it. I love like, it. Good job, Bendis. You may have written Civil War too, but good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it was really, it was really good. So uh, yeah, that was that was Superman number five. I just I highly recommend jumping on the series if you haven't. Just read the Man of Steel and then go read <laughs> Superman. You won't be disappointed. Seriously, like Man of Steel has out in, is out in trade now, I believe. So pick yeah, that they up. Have big advertisements for it. Yeah, <laughs> so pick that up. Is coming. <laughs> and then pick up uh, Superman issues one. This was Superman issue five, so read one to five, and it's like next month we're getting number six. So highly yeah. recommend. Probably the best DC book out there right now. For now. Uh, on, yeah, honestly, I could agree with that. It, it was, it's been really well written so far. And like, I was really sad when Superman Rebirth was ending because that was probably my favorite DC book. So like, this is like filling the void very well. It's good that Superman's good again. We had a little drought during New 52 where he wasn't for, that good. Oh, but now, for sure. The New, the new 52 Superman was very dry. So, But like Rebirth nice. and now this is so good. And like, oh, he's even good in Justice League and... It's a good time to be a Superman fan, basically. For sure. And I'm a proud Superman fan. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, he's boring. Oh, he's overpowered. Oh, he's not. You know what? You know what? <laughs> shut up. Shut up and read a Superman comic. Because if you read it, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, Gosh. exactly. 10 out of 10. And I, I, was, I was really coming off the hype because, like, two weeks ago, not even, like, a week ago, I finished Superman the Animated Series. I binge-watched it on DC Universe, and I was just, like, on such a Superman kick. So, like, this is just, like, it reminds me so much. Like, I love Superman. Like, I really do love Superman. He's my favorite superhero ever, actually. So I really he's love my, Superman. He's my number three on my list, but he's like a like a solid number three. Like I really love Superman. Yeah, he's my number one. So and he probably always will be. So I love Superman. Yeah, I'm so glad that he has a good writer. 
Thank you, Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were we really like if you went back like two months on the podcast, you'd be like, hey, wait a minute, weren't these guys skeptical? We we were. We definitely were. We were hating and, on uh, it. We're just like, oh Bendis, no, Bendis on super bad. No. Like, in, like in all seriousness, he really hasn't disappointed yet. Like nope, he hasn't had maybe like a like a bad panel or two, but like there hasn't Man been, like, of Steel number like, five was not good. I'll say that. But everything yeah. else is good. Yeah, but like I, I just feel like he hasn't really like majorly disappointed, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's just been so good, and I think we were hating on Bendis before just because Superman was like really good in Rebirth. I, I think it was a mix of Superman was really good and also Civil War Two left a bad taste in our mouth. Mm-hmm. And Civil War Two just ended around then, so yeah. Like, oh, do we need Bendis on? Like, come on, you're canceling a great series for this, but I'm okay with it now. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so, yeah, so really I can good. recap uh, Detective really quick and write it real quick in like a minute. So Yeah, we're, at, we're an hour and four minutes So now. <laughs> uh, minute time. Batman Detective Comics, issue 992. Batman teams with Two-Face and they fight uh, uh, these ninjas guys. These ninja guys. And then at the end, um, yeah, Two-Face disappears. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really quick sum up. Yeah, okay. There's one point that I want to complain about real quick. Um, he talks to Alfred. Batman's just like, voice, I need you. And Alfred's just like, you're calling me voice because Two-Face is near you. I understand, but please don't call me that again. And Batman's just like, then you can pick the next name. Happy now? It's like, Jesus, why are you guys arguing? And Yeah, the, the, uh, the writer who's going currently does not understand like how to write Bruce or Alfred or really any bad he character. He has them so I'm argue. Just, it's like, I'm, why? I'm just, I'm just counting down the issues until Tomasi takes over because I know Tomasi yeah, will be like, good at it. Three issues away or something. But basically, like, I wish they stuck with Zack Snyder, uh, Zack Snyder, uh, Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder, when he wrote Batman in New 52, he had Batman call Alfred Penny One. That was Alfred's yeah. code name. And I wish they stuck with that. Cause, you know, yeah, that, that would have been a nice little reference to the New 52 as well. Yeah, he could have just been like, Penny One, come in. And Alfred would be like, I'm here. Because his last name is Penny Worth, and that's his code name. But no, they're going back to, you know, Batman's calling him voice. So it's like, come on. Anyways, so I give that issue like a 2 out of 10. I did not like it at all. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> And then uh, Red the Hood. other issue, which also disappointed, happened to be Red Hood, which yeah, really- Red Hood Outlaw has been really good lately. But this one was kind of like it's disappointing because it's so short. It felt so short. The entire thing is basically so Red Hood's in this uh, town, and uh, it's like a happy-go-lucky typical like small town America, and he's just kind of like there undercover, and then people are offering him pie and stuff, and they're acting all nice, and then Red Hood notices one guy's a gun, starts shooting at him. Then all every civilian in the town starts fighting Red Hood, and he fights them all. He starts, he takes on a knife at one point and stabs the guy in the arm, and it's a very brutal fight. It's pretty good. And then he gets knocked out, wakes up tied to a cross, and Solomon Grundy's like about to kill him. Don't know how oh. Solomon Grundy got there, but basically Red Hood beats Solomon Grundy by like kind of dancing around on the cross and using the cross to stab through him. Which my complaint here is the cross is really big and thick and Red Hood's somehow able to pick it up and stab it through Grundy's back. Like that's not like realist. Like you gotta be a really little bit, a little bit of plot convenience as well. Like that looks like something that Superman would do, but not Jason Todd. Like this it's kinda hard to explain, but if you look at the panels, uh it just looks like it's super heavy and Red Hood's just easily stabbing through Grundy. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's a little weird. And the last page is basically uh, Batwoman shows up. And it's kind of funny. She goes like, hood. And, and uh, Red Hood replies with, woman. And so they, 
they start talking about how like oh we're outlaws in gotham blah 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 let's get out of here because there's apparently more solomon grundy's coming so there's more than one solomon grundy would be uh i don't like the issue because it just happened so fast and felt so cheesy and unrealistic in a way the one weird part was the first page is um wingman which is uh like red hood as batman uh-huh. they showed him and it says like like a editor's note being like oh that's that's wingman in the old days of comics we call this a subplot which means we'll be dealing with this guy in a few issues so it's like okay <laughs> okay self-awareness here <laughs> yeah so uh, all right so i give the issue like a five just because it was kind of like what the heck is going on <laughs> Yeah. It, it just felt like everything happened like this with no build up so fast and nah five out of ten i just threw my okay comic. <laughs> uh that's it for our comics of the week but that is not the end of the episode uh we usually do a character of the week but uh we're actually doing a person of the week uh none other than stanley the late great stanley Stand uh the man we will talk about our three favorite cameos. We already have them all picked out. Uh, Hunter, do you want to start or do you want me to start? You could start because I'm pulling up my okay. notes right now. Okay. okay. How about you I'm start ready. with number three? All right. <clears throat> my number three is from not not a Marvel, not a DC, not not a comic book movie. Uh, it's a Kevin Smith movie, Mallrats. Yep. Uh, I don't oh. know if you've ever seen it. It's a great one, but I love the Stanley cameo. Uh, he talks to Jason Lee's character about... You know, um, heartbreak and uh, losing a girl, and that's how all the, his characters came to light, like the Hulk and Spider-Man. And it's like a really great speech that Stan Lee gives. And he's like, "Wow, thanks a lot, Stan." And he makes he makes Jason Lee's character realize he's got to go get his girl back. And then it ends with a really funny note where he he's like, uh, "What story did you tell him?" And he's like, "Oh, I made up the one where I made my heroes after my love life." And he's like, "He bought it." And he's like, "Yeah." So that's <laughs> that's my uh, number three. I really like that Stanley cameo. Uh, dang, I didn't even think of that. I should have put that. I probably have that number three, but I, I don't have that number three. Uh, instead, I have uh, Avengers. I just thought his cameo in Avengers is really funny where he's like, superheroes in New York? Give me a That's break. A <laughs> yeah, so he's, I, I love that one because like you, you made all these superheroes, man. So it's funny. <laughs> That's right, my number, uh, number two. My my number two is from Spider Man Three. It's very simple. It's you know, it, but it's the first one where he talks and like talks to the character. Um, he talks to Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire. Um, they're looking at a sign where Spider Man's going to receive the key to the city, and uh, Stan Lee goes, "You know, I, I guess one guy really can make a difference." And then he goes, before Tobey could even say anything, he goes, "Enough said." And then he walks off. Um, it's I, it's a quote that I think th- doesn't only just apply to these heroes, but also applies to Stan Lee himself. And uh, one guy really can make a difference, and that's you know an attitude I think we should all have towards life. He actually says one person, but okay, because uh, number two. All on, right. Yeah, <laughs> number two on my list is also Spider-Man Three. Uh oh. <laughs> I just I, I, I like the quote a lot. I guess one guy. I guess oh 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 now you did it all. Oh, part. <laughs> I guess of one person can make a difference. Enough said. I like that a lot. If I were to change it, I don't know. I can't think of something off the bat to change it to, but I really like that one. Oh, I probably put uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, where he gets like, he drinks like Asgardian mead and gets like really drunk. Oh, okay. I put that, but I actually, my real one is Spider Man 3. I I like that one a lot. And then my number one, and I think it's going to be, before we started recording the episode, I'm like, Hunter, I think we're going to have the same one. And he's like, no. My number one is The Amazing Spider-Man. It yeah, is, it's the same one. Dang I it. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I, knew it. I knew it. I said this before the episode. I knew it. Anyway, um, 
Stanley plays the librarian while Lizard and Spider-Man are going at it. Uh, he's listening to like classical music and he's kind of like jamming along to it with his huge headphones. And meanwhile, Spider-Man and Lizard are tearing up the place. It's hilarious. Like a table comes flying at him, but Spider-Man's able to web it in time. He doesn't even notice what's going on. It's so funny and like, oh my, I love it. That's my favorite cameo. So yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite cameo too. Uh, honorable mentions. I put Big Hero Six as one. You I have never seen. I've never seen Big Hero Six. Nani? Really? <laughs> oh, it's really good. It's like a really good animated Disney movie with both superheroes. He's the end credit scene though. The end credit scene is basically character Fred. Uh, he's like a rich guy, but he's kind of like a dude bro, and he goes into like his. He finds a secret room in his mansion, and there's all these old super suits on the wall. And then some guy comes up behind him. And he's just like Fred, and he turns around. He's like, Dad. And it's Stan Lee, and Stan Lee's just like, <laughs> I missed your son. <laughs> gives him a hug, and they start saying this quote that Fred said the entire movie about wearing super suits. But it, it's just really nice seeing, like, Disney-styled Stan Lee talking, and then in the end scene, it's just him being like, Fred, we got a lot to talk about in ends. But yeah. All right. Uh, my honorable mention will be Teen Titans Go, the movie. <laughs> Another animated um, one. Yeah. I did I did not expect him to show up in that at all. Me he, has two, he, he has two cameos in it. So the first yeah. one is when he's like uh, sweeping. like. Yeah, he's like a janitor, but he's yeah, playing like, he, himself. He like, he like grabs the camera and like focuses on him. He's like, it's me, Stan Lee, doing my not so subtle cameo. And he does like a bunch of superhero poses. Um, <laughs> and then he appears later. And he like He's like, wait, this is a DC movie? I got to go. Well, he said that Maybe in the like original one. He appears yeah. later because uh, everyone in the world got like mind controlled, and the Teen Titans are in like a golf cart and they're trying to get away. And then Stan Lee just slams on the window, and they saw screams <laughs> like "Get off of your Stan Lee!" And they like use the yeah, wipers it, to yeah. get him off. Like li- literally, all of them are like Stan Lee, and he's like, "I don't care if it's a DC movie. I love cameos," which I think speaks deeper that he actually really does love cameos and he loves making us happy. But like he he's like, "I love cameos," and then Robin's like, "Not now, Stan Lee," and he like flips him off the car and stanley like lands he like throws up his hands and he's like excelsior <laughs> um it's just, it's such a wholesome cameo i really love it like it's so well done so and it was so unexpected so that's that'll be my honorable mention but yeah, yeah that stanley one definitely is- unexpected another unexpected one is spider-man ps4 the game i didn't expect oh to be yeah that, that was a good one too but he's in that one he's kind of like the way he runs like a old like past pizza shop that peter and mj go on dates on oh i thought it was a diner Maybe it is a diner. I don't know. I just said pizza because pizza time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hunter's just thinking about that he's hungry right now. I actually was eating this entire episode, so I'm good. <laughs> and you guys didn't even notice. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, no, that, 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 that was a really good cameo where he says that MJ favorite. And yeah, that, that's a, that was another unexpected. You guys always one. will be my favorite. It's like, oh, Stan. And I'm looking forward to, I'm not really looking forward to Captain Marvel, but I will be looking at Stan Lee's scene. Um, obviously Avengers 4 I'll be looking forward to his scene and I'm thinking he's got one in Far From Home probably Far From filming. Home finished filming already so I know he doesn't have one in Dark Phoenix boohoo uh, but yeah so he he probably has one in Into the Spider-Verse which is out next yeah month. Into the Spider-Verse too yeah so I'm looking forward to the next few and I, I already know I'm gonna get so emotional when I see him pop up oh next, me too so, yeah heart wrench but yeah. Um. Qu- w- one quick question before, and this is to you, the audience as well. Do you think that um, since like James Gunn has like a bunch of clips of like him doing like various cameos, so 
assuming that you know if he ever died like they they said that he filmed them like in clip like you know like a bunch of them at a time so like if they ever needed to place him in so now that he's passed away do you think they should keep inserting him in every marvel movie like with one of their like throwaway cameos or do you think after whatever the last one he currently filmed after that one ends that should be it what do you think jd i i think after like if far from home is the last one i think i i just i feel a little uncomfortable, like if they used it like post. You know what I mean? Like I feel like whatever you have ready for the movie, like that's supposed to be in the movie, use that. But don't use any of the stuff you pre-recorded. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I think after Far From Home, that should be it in a way. I feel like he should be in like pictures or a poster. Yeah, in the background. yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. Like a pic, like how they do it in the Netflix uh, Marvel verse. Like yeah, so like, like a poster. It'd actually almost... be cool if they had like a poster of like him, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko, like all on one thing. Oh, for Spider-Man, yeah, that'd be cool. For, like, the third Spider-Man movie or something. Yeah. Uh, basically, in Daredevil, like, he's the chief of police. We never see him, but, like, in the whenever, like, Daredevil's in the police station, you see, you like, see on the picture, wall, yeah. chief of police, uh, chief, Lee, like, chief Lee, and it's a picture of Stan Lee. So something like that yeah. would be nice. Yeah, yeah, that I'd be fine with. Put a picture of him and everyone. But I think whatever his last filmed one is, that should be it. And yeah. then um, I actually have another question. And I think you kind of answered this on Instagram. Would you watch a Stan Lee biopic? I mean, I wouldn't make it now, but I'd make it a few years from now. Yep. Would you I watch would. one? 100%. I'd watch one, but I'd hope that it's on, like, not just him. I want to see him, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko, like, a film about them. Yeah. Because I feel like the other, only, the other but... guys don't really get as much credit, but, like, I want to see, like, a biopic all about them. I would just see, like, a yeah, a movie about them or even just a Stan Lee movie with Steve and Jack in it. I want yeah, Disney yeah, to make like, it. For sure, yeah, I want I mean, Disney to make it because Disney made a. They made actually two live action movies all about Walt Disney's life, and they're yeah. really well made, like really yeah. well made. So I love one like by the same company, Disney, to make a Stanley movie. Also, imagine like with a Stanley movie, like there's just, you spend like superheroes in the background making cameos. <laughs> they can have like the like, actors. See, like, they, they have yeah, like, like Chris Spider-Man Evans in the background, like delivering pizzas. <laughs> oh man that'd be awesome like just like subtle cameos like somebody's like deadpool's playing like a janitor or even oh, like because like stanley he was a world war ii veteran so they could have like chris world evans Marine also as a veteran America. yeah chris evans and hugh jackman as veterans that'd be cool yeah that'd be and funny. i'm sure all, all the actors would do it because they love stan so much oh yeah they just have like a line or maybe even no lines just be there <laughs> yeah so uh that's our episode thank you for listening uh rest in peace stan lee rest in paradise you were rest in peace a great man and you will be of course very much missed thanks for listening tune uh, in next week for more and excelsior